0: In response to some listener feedback, I'm changing up the formats a little bit of the interview episodes. If you want an extended summary of the episode, you can listen to the Sunday weekly summaries and programming notes episodes. And going forward, the episode summaries in front of each episode are going to be considerably shorter. Just some key points uh, about what I might have learned or some interesting highlights from each episode. Programming notes for the week of May 29th, 2022. As just noted, this is the first week of doing the extended summaries only in these programming notes episodes. The reason for that is the summaries were often hitting 10 plus minutes for each episode. And I got some feedback that it was just getting to be too much to be sticking in front of an episode. And you've got 10 minutes of lead in and then 60 minutes of interview. It's just getting to be too much. So this should be a change for the better for the interview episodes. And if you want to just get the summary of the learnings and my opinion on it, you can listen to these programming notes episodes. So we've got two awesome interviews and Mesh Musings this week. I'm going to start sounding like a broken record until I see some movement here. Again, if you want to see more and better content so you can make better decisions about data mesh, you need to be supporting the community in some way or another. You need to make these active content requests. We can't just be waiting on vendors with messages of how they can solve the, the challenges. So read tainted messages to push out content. We need to help each other out. You know, There's lots of ways to show that you want this content. One is the Patreon, but really you need to be the change you want to see. Do you want information on this? Okay, put in the effort. Right. There is a put and take. It's just like in data mesh. You need to have that context sharing. You need to share your context of what information you want. If we're going to be successful as a community and if we're going to move in a very good direction much quicker than it would take for this information to emerge naturally, which would take five to eight years. If we want to get there in a year and a half, two, maybe, you know, three years, whatever that is, but if we want to get to that much sooner, you need to be helping each other out. You need to be sharing what information you want and what information you're learning. So on Monday, we're going to have episode 82, a better way to map domains and searching for data, not just in data. This is an interview with Ole Olesen Bagnu. So Ole shares his learnings from the library and information sciences space in creating a better way to think about domains that we shouldn't, you know, domain-driven design is overly attached to software engineering concepts. And so this gives us a fresh perspective that we can really look at what is a domain because within the library and information sciences space, they treat a domain as kind of more of a knowledge space than domain-driven design does. Um, so you can learn a lot, and, and they're complementary, but it's, it's an interesting perspective. We also discussed how we need to rethink the way we store and share data to reach where we want to go with data discovery. That's searching for the data, right? It's not just, okay, I've got the data, and I'm going to run some queries against it. We need to, to get better about how we Set up data to be findable. Tuesday is going to be episode 83. What is your actual data TCO, which is Mesh Musing 17? This was sparked by someone mentioning episode 44 with Khan Chow. This episode is about how important it is to think about your overall total cost of ownership when it comes to data, not just the simple cost of production. You know, are consumers taking on far too much cost burden? And What does that mean? Is that necessarily a red flag or not? Friday is going to be episode 84, Driving to Better Data Outcomes with Collaborative Questions, which is an interview with Jean-Michel Coeur. And Jean-Michel shares his simple yet powerful three-question framework and kind of the subsequent follow-up as to when you're getting certain types of answers, how you want to dig into that. Um, but to driving to better outcomes on data work requests, right? There is a tendency to try and push back when there's a a request that you don't necessarily understand. And what we want is to create a better framework for collaboration so you can both drive towards having a, a better work outcome that actually solves the challenge and doesn't result in back and forth and busy work. So... With that, let's go ahead and get to the extended summaries. This is the extended episode summary for a better way to map domains and searching for data, not just in data, an interview with Ole Olesen Bagnu. So Ole is an enterprise architect who focuses on data at GN and the author of an upcoming book on data catalogs with O'Reilly. To be clear, Ole was only representing himself and not GN in this episode. The two main topics that we covered, which are somewhat intertwined, were how do we better understand and handle the concept of a domain when discussing data? And number two, how can we build systems that better enable us to search for data, not just search in data that we know exists. So some practical advice and general conclusions up front. Number one, leverage what the library and information sciences discipline, which is centuries, maybe even millennia old, has formed around the domain concept. It will help you better dig into the actual business dealings of the domain first before trying to focus too much on the technical slash software aspects of the domain. The software aspects hinder your initial domain mapping and business context understanding of the domain when you start from a DDD perspective in data per OLE. Number two, spend a lot more time on enabling people to understand what data is available out there in, in your overall knowledge universe. We focus a lot on optimizing for searching in data, but we don't spend near enough time setting up our systems to allow people to search for data. To do that, work seriously on your metadata tooling system and look for ways to harmonize data across those metadata tools. Ole started the conversation sharing his view that domain-driven design, again, DDD, has some shortcomings when used, especially for data domain mapping, and and in general, in the data space. In his view, DDD is overly tied to software engineering. So there is too much of a technical bent to understanding and even mapping out your domains. He recommends taking domain analysis and domain theory learnings from the library and information sciences discipline and using that to start your domain mapping and then look to bring in DDD after you get a good initial understanding of your domains. DDD and domain analysis can work together harmoniously. They don't really contradict, but domain analysis focuses on that knowledge first instead of the technical first. While Ole was inspired by Jemak's book as well as the book by Piethein Hein Strangholt, he believes domain analysis lowers the significant friction and often frustration organizations feel when trying to start doing DDD for data. Domain analysis digs much more into what the domain does and why instead of how the domain communicates via software. He believes that data mesh should focus more on the information sharing and less on the software and that DDD will overcomplicate your domain mapping. So start with that kind of domain analysis and then move into DDD once you've mapped out your domains and really understand them a little better. An interesting insight I had from this was that when using DDD, the software is supposed to be a strong representation of how the domain functions and communicates on the operational plane, just in code. But it's still an abstraction. So if you base an abstraction, you know your domain-driven design for data, specifically implementation, on an abstraction, your domain-driven design set up on the operational plane, that can create a accidental complexity. You're doing an abstraction on a, an abstraction. For OLE, DDD is overly concerned with modeling when it comes to data, but you need to get to a deeper understanding of your domains and organization first before focusing in on your model. It may be that you truly can't fully communicate your domain's context in a data model either. And it's good to know that upfront and take steps to communicate in other ways, such as enhanced documentation. It might not be that the only communication you have between domains will be the data products. Ole believes we focus too much on the data model, and that often sends people down the path of overly technically focused solutions. Other guests have mentioned that documentation around data sets and data products is often much more focused on the technical aspects. How was this generated? Not actually describing the information represented by the data. What is this actually telling us? So, how do we store our data so we can make it usable for humans, not just software? Make it searchable, findable, understandable, etc. At both the micro level, you know, a data set or, or a data product concept, and the overall macro data mesh level. Building a semantic model is at least as important as a data model for Ole. We need to again focus on that searchability, but what different search capabilities do we need? Do we need a simple search experience on a keyword or two? Browsing what data is available, complicated queries with filters, et cetera. Can we enable querying by data lineage, by relationships with you know, using a knowledge graph? across a domain, etc. cetera. It's a different way of approaching data that is not similar to a data model. For a functional data mesh, Ole believes there needs to be a big focus on the metadata layer. You need to enable data consumers to find what data exists in their quote unquote knowledge universe. Focus on also serving the use case of searching for data, not just the typical searching in data for a specific answer we need data consumers to be able to figure out the art of the possible relative to data what information do we have ar- around the topic and and how how can they actually leverage it what is that data connected to etc to do this well you need to use different tools than what we have for searching in data and as an industry we don't really have good methods for searching for data yet ole hopes Data catalogs can address that gap, but it's somewhat early days, honestly, for data catalogs. Possible ways forward on semantic knowledge sharing should come from the library and information sciences space in Olay's view. They've been doing this for centuries in one way or another. We need to start thinking in a metadata way to move forward, and we need the industry to help develop better metadata tooling and for data practitioners to focus on what metadata tooling they have, working to harmonize data across those tools. It doesn't have to all happen at once, either. You can work from domain to domain to focus on that metadata harmonization. Ole finished the conversation talking about the fine balance between leveraging tooling and trying to do everything with tooling. There will be important roles for humans in the middle of knowledge sharing, Whether they will be more consumer-facing, like a data concierge type of role, or more behind the scenes, we shall see. Ole bets it will be that latter. I think a data concierge could really, really add a ton of value for people that are trying to figure out, how do I actually go out there and, and find this data? Or I have a very, very interesting specific question how could I ask this? What data is available? And somebody is really focused on understanding what your knowledge universe is to significantly lower friction for people that are searching. If we try to do it only with tooling, I think that's going to lead to some challenges. Either way, I think you'll learn a lot about the data catalog space and uh, pick up some really interesting insight into the way we think about domains or that we could think about domains from this episode. This is the extended summary for episode number 84, Driving to Better Data Outcomes with Collaborative Questions, which is an interview with Jean-Michel Coyer. I interviewed Jean-Michel, who's the head of the data practice at the consulting company Source Group. Some key learnings were about how he created a simple three-question framework and how that can significantly drive collaboration with people requesting data instead of making them justify their data asks also that that common thing of just delivering two requests and that doesn't actually serve the data consumer use case you know have some intentionality do things for a reason make sure that reason is also defined everything needs to have potential business value and you should know that every time you deliver data you will be likely asked by the business stakeholder so what so be prepared to answer what the data is actually informing us of If we need to inform our decisions with data, what is the data actually trying to tell us? Jean-Michel has developed this simple three-question framework that works well when working with those people asking for data, especially business counterparts. The questions often lead to collaboration instead of confrontation. And it gets data consumers to share what they want to accomplish with the data Instead of what is their specific request, when they might not really know what is feasible, what is not, what is useful, what is not, they they need to be kind of read in on the art of the possible, the, the knowledge universe out there, and and what data somebody could actually leverage to satisfy this use case. It feels more like a friendly chat when using these questions than an interrogation or prove to me why this is worth my time. That justification makes people feel really defensive and and this really can help to prevent that defensiveness. He also recommends following up each of his questions with the reason I am asking is just to explain specifically that you aren't pushing back. You're merely information gathering. The three questions, number one, do you know what this is for? Number two, do you know who is going to use it? Number three, do you know how they are going to use it? Jean-Michel developed his three-question framework after watching people struggle for years to properly request data, also after watching you know, the people trying to deliver the data fail to properly understand the use t- case of data consumers, so they were delivering solutions that did not meet business needs, and that wastes everyone's time. Oftentimes, the technical person wouldn't ask the right questions, or they couldn't even get to the end consumer of the data, so they didn't really understand the reasons for the data ask and again didn't deliver something that really met expectations and needs instead of here's my request. <laughs> for Jean Michel, the first question, do you know what this is for? Helps to set the tone of the conversation. It is not why do you want this, which often makes people defensive. He tells the person making the ask that with more context, his team can better understand how to make the solution that they're going to provide better. And sometimes the person making the request will even realize they aren't really sure what it will be used for, and they can go back to that end user and have that conversation. A key is to not be a gatekeeper to the data, both in reality and in perception. The second question, do you know who is going to use it, starts to drive toward who will consume it and how the use case is pretty important for delivering valuable data after all. For Jean-Michel, asking it in this way can often empower the person making the data request to lead the journey in in getting to this data rather than undercutting them to get to the end user. Basically, if that person feels like they're only the go-between and just the asker and that you say, well, I should talk to the end user because they're the ones that matters, it's it's again going to create that defensiveness. So Bring them in and, and make them part of, of what's going on here. It it really makes them feel like they're part of that team. This is far better than the reaction he got when he was previously asking, who is the end user and what do they want? Again, that that's justification and uh, makes people defensive. The final question: do you know how they are going to use it? Specifically how. It it means that you you can own the data user experience all the way through to the end consumption. Oftentimes, when people get requests, they deliver data. But if that data is then used in a subsequent dashboard, the dashboard is really the user experience. This final question also helps data producers to suggest that additional value add features or to push back on some ill-defined requirements. Real-time rarely means (laughs) real-time. For example. And Jean-Michel recommends understanding what you are delivering well enough to be able to answer the answer the question of, okay, but like what does this mean? After all, data projects/slash products are meant to deliver value. And the value is informing business decisions with data. So the person that's go- going to be consuming it wants that information, they want to be informed, not just to have the, the data for the sake of having it. So Be prepared for that if you're helping to produce data. And again, a crucial part of the conversation to add after each question is an explanation of why you are asking. This isn't pushback, it's information gathering. It's When you think about it, it's how product marketing and product management are just done in general. If you come at these questions from an empathetic angle, you all have a better chance of a positive outcome. What is it like? 70, 80% of data projects fail to deliver the value that people expect. Well, if you really have this good communication up front, you can really, really lower that chance of a not great outcome. The output from the three questions is also immensely helpful to the data producing team. It ensures there is a real use case with real business value it validates that there is really an intention to use the data. Otherwise, Jean-Michel says you should push back. That's what he does. And it sets up a collaborative approach where the data-producing team can make those good suggestions for additional value. Jean-Michel also talked about the fallacy of the data, quote-unquote, field of dreams. You know, if you build it, they will come. The users will come. The value will come. Instead, work with intentionality. Work intentionally any data you produce to share should be useful to someone if you aren't sure the data you're going to produce will be useful have that conversation with potential users and make sure they think that it will be useful <laughs> and just that storing data has a cost are you really going to be able to enrich it enough to make it useful in the future you know he said it's it's uh, not all that difficult to store data but it sure is costly <laughs> one thing Jean-Michel thinks many companies get wrong is that when building a a data platform as well, there's kind of that window of opportunity. And many data infrastructure teams want to build everything themselves, which pushes out your time to return. And you've missed your window of opportunity often. The tendency to be really tech-oriented often comes at the expense of user experience as well. Data infrastructure teams need to think about the primary reason for a data platform, collecting and producing data. How can you serve that best? Is it in building out all of these things and extending that timeline until you really deliver? For Jean-Michel, the concept of a data product owner in data mesh might not extend far enough. If you were producing data for consumers, He thinks you should own the full user experience. If people are consuming from reports, you should own that report. Same for a dashboard. That that data product owner, that their scope of responsibility doesn't just fall until once they've produced the data and somebody can come and get at that data. It's how are they actually consuming it. We have to be careful as well with this to not leave those less data literate behind We need to figure out how to help them to up their data skills. Jean-Michel wrapped the conversation by saying, every time you are asked to deliver data, be prepared to answer the so what question from a data consumer or stakeholder. Be prepared with something to answer that. You are a partner to the business, not just a data report monkey. So add that value and build the relationship with your business counterpart. So I think you'll get a lot from this episode when it is released later this week.